0: On In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Do you know in China right now, the
1: underground church is growing and multitudes of Chinese people are coming to a saving knowledge of Christ? We're not going to hear about it. We'll know soon enough. I think we're going to be astonished. But here in America, I'm sorry. You know, there was a day not long ago when the United States was sending missionaries to these countries with the gospel.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. The history of evangelism is a fascinating topic. If you had to guess, would you believe that other countries outside of the U.S. are sending missionaries here? That hasn't always been the case. The U.S. used to send more missionaries overseas, but all that has changed as the culture here in the U.S. has continued to decline. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in the book of Isaiah chapter 18 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: The Lord, verse 14, has mingled a perverse spirit in her midst and they have caused Egypt to err in all her work as a drunken man staggers in his vomit. That's TMI right there. I mean, that's quite quite the imagery, isn't it? Neither, verse 15, will there be any work for Egypt, which the head or tail, palm branch, or bulrush may do. In that day, here we go again now, verse 16, Egypt will be like a woman, and will be afraid and fear because of the waving of the hand of the Lord of hosts, which he waves over it. And verse 17, the land of Judah will be a terror to Egypt. Everyone who makes mention of it will be afraid in himself because of the counsel of the Lord of hosts which he has determined against it. Wow. Again, present day. Israel is the terror of Egypt. Who would have ever believed? This is a present day fulfillment of this prophecy. Dr. Arnold Frutenbaum, who We were privileged to have here when he spoke back in March of 2015, had this to say in his book Footsteps of the Messiah. Never in ancient history has this been true. Only since 1948, and especially since the Six Day War, have the Egyptian forces evidenced the fear portrayed in this passage. There has been fear and dread of Israel ever since, with Egypt having lost four wars against Israel with heavy casualties, and they were heavy casualties. The fear is deeply rooted prophetically, still quoting, Today is still the period of Isaiah 19, verses 16 and 17. It's happening now, exactly as the prophet Isaiah recorded some 2,500 plus years ago. And now it's coming to pass exactly as we were told it would. Now it gets better. we got another in that day. Every time we read an in that day, we're talking about a yet future day when this happens. Listen to this. In that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by the Lord of hosts, one will be called the city of destruction, in that day, verse 19, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt. Yes, I read that right. Did you, did you hear that? Okay, I'm going to read it again, just indulge me. In that day, verse 19, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord at its border, and it will be for a sign and for a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt, for they will cry to the Lord because of the oppressors. Hang on to that. And he will send them a Savior. That's capitalized. That's Jesus and a mighty one, that's capitalized, that's the Savior of the world, that God is going to send to Egypt. And Egypt is calling out, crying out to Him because of their oppression. (sighs) Sadly, that's what it takes sometimes, doesn't it? In order for us to call upon the name of the Lord, to cry out to the Lord, there has to be adversity, a trial. Adversity strikes. There's oppression. There's depression. There's a struggle. There's a difficulty. Hey, whatever it takes, if that's what it takes for Egypt, then so be it and God sends them the Savior, a mighty one, and he will deliver them. Verse 21, Then the Lord will be known to Egypt, and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day, and will make sacrifice an offering. Yes, they will make a vow to the Lord and perform it. Wait, when's this going to happen? Again, it's believed this will be fulfilled during the millennial reign, which would be an indication that there will be areas that will be known. Perhaps there will be an area known as Egypt. They will have an altar to the Lord in Egypt. They will call upon the Lord in Egypt. And it even gets better. And the Lord will strike Egypt, verse 22. He will strike and heal it. They will return to the Lord. And he will be entreated by them and heal them in that day, verse 23, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. What? Wait, I thought Assyria were the bad guys. No, not so fast. Wait till you hear what God says about the Assyrians here. And the Assyrian will come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians will serve with the Assyrians. And it even gets better. I'm sorry if that sounds like an infomercial, you know, and that's not all. (laughs) There's more. (laughs) Verse 24, In that day Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst Of the land whom the Lord of hosts shall bless saying now listen to this and I want to spend just a little bit of time on this blessed is Egypt my people my people Egypt and Assyria the work of my hands and Israel my inheritance. Bear with me if you would please. In recent months I have sensed from the Lord, and this is a work that God is doing in my own life, as it relates to how I see other people. Because truth be known, everything and everyone wants to get everyone fighting with everyone. Would you agree with me? the TV now. It didn't used to be as bad. It's always been bad, but it's never been this bad. It's all programmed. It's all propaganda to get you and I to hate them, despise them, and make them the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're the mission field. Let me say that again. I'm not trying to be, (laughs) I don't have to try. It comes very easy. I'm not trying to be snarky here, okay? Did Jesus die for them too? Yes. Yeah, but they don't share my political views. Oh really? Did you know, I know this might be a shock to you. I know it was to me. I mean it was an epiphany when when God just got a hold of me, got me all to himself. He got my undivided attention, sat me down, sit down boy, we need to talk. Jesus was of no political affiliation that's going to mess some people up. And I make no apologies because it's the truth. Here's my struggle, if I could be so candid. We are living in a day now where being a Republican is synonymous with being an evangelical. I'm sorry, you're you're gonna have to forgive me on this one, but I can't I can't find that anywhere in Scripture. I see nowhere in Scripture where the Savior had a particular political affiliation. In fact, the argument could be made again, just bear with me. The argument could be made, and I'm speaking more in terms of America, for those of you online that are in other countries, the argument could be made that when Jesus was here, and were Jesus to be here now in this political climate that we're in, He would probably probably have dinner with Democrats. You okay with that? Huh. I often wonder if Jesus were here, let's say he was here on Oahu, where do you think he would go? What do you think his first stop would be? I mean, after he came here, of course, to Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe, but I mean, after that, where do you, where do you think he would, he would go? He would go and seek out the least and the last. came for the sick. In the Gospels I am convicted because I see how Jesus was attracted to the outcasts. He was attracted to the prostitutes, the drug dealers, the drug addicts, the homeless, the demon possessed, the mentally ill. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, and I know I'm not, but if I'm understanding the gospel accounts, the harshest words that ever came out of the Savior's mouth were reserved for the religious leaders of the day. Here's where I'm going with this. The Arab people, God loves them. God has a plan for us right here. They're not the enemy. Yeah, but they're Muslims. Jesus loves them. By the way, (laughs) did you know that today as we speak, Muslims in the Middle East are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by the multitudes the Iranians, the Persian people in Iran, you have no idea. You want to talk about China? Let's talk about China. Do you know in China right now, the underground church is growing and multitudes of Chinese people are coming to a saving knowledge of Christ. We're not going to hear about it. We'll know soon enough. I think we're going to be astonished. But here in America, I'm sorry. You know, there was a day not long ago when the United States was sending missionaries to these countries with the gospel. And now, you know, the hardest place to evangelize is the United States of America today. Go to Japan, talking with JB when she was here, and people are hungry. People are coming to the Lord. People are calling upon the name of the Lord. Maybe this is a word for somebody. Never, ever, 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 ever give up on anybody. I mean I know you're looking at them maybe somebody's coming to mind right now as I'm saying this, and you're thinking to yourself, there's no way. No way. There is a way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Never, ever give up on them. God doesn't give up on them. Never give up praying for them. I mean, I know it it may even seem like the more you pray for them the worse it gets. The more you try to, you know, share with them, the they block you on social media and I get it. Been there. I know what that's like. But never give up on them. You never ever know. One real quick story. So I got saved. I was living with uh, two friends as roommates, and oh, it was it was horrible. I mean, I was uh, I was horrible. I was just horrible. I mean, I was the last person you would have ever thought. You know, I mean, even my classmates. In fact, we had our ten year reunion. This is on the mainland. It was at, and it was at my first church that I had planted on the mainland, and and. My small class, but my 10 year reunion was at the church that I was the pastor of. And I'm convinced that they came to the reunion just because they had to see it for themselves. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pastor? Yeah. Wow, if God could do that with you, if you can get saved, Oh, my goodness, anybody can get saved. That's not an insult, by the way. Don't take it as such. I just say, praise the Lord. God chooses the foolish to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong. You're the last, you're the least. And then God, who never gives up on us, we call upon Him, and he rushes in, he sends us a Savior, and he delivers us, and he saves us. As one said, from the guttermost to the uttermost. And I was pretty guttermost. I was there all the way down. I was just a horrible person. Horrible person. I wouldn't have. If if I was in heaven close in proximity to God when I called upon the name of the Lord and I was maybe one of the angelic hosts, I would have said to the Lord this is not a good deal. Do not accept this one. This is this is a this guy's trouble with a capital T and it's like God saying I know watch me now. Watch what I'm going to do. Oh, it sounds like you've given up on him. I haven't. So anyway, I'm praying for my roommates. They kicked me out because they just got tired of it. You know, I'd come out there drinking, doing drugs, getting drunk, getting high, and I'm coming out with my Bible. And I'm, (laughs) you know how when you first come to the Lord, you're so on fire for the Lord. I'm like, you guys, my theology, the extent of my theology was like this. Jesus is real. Jesus is really real. Really real. Jesus is real. You need Jesus. He's real. That was it. That was, that was the only thing I knew. I hadn't got, you know, through the Bible yet. And that's like, they're like, get out of here. In fact, move out of here. And so I did. And I never stopped praying for them. Fifteen years go by, and I get a call from one of my roommates. And he says to me, Wah, that was my name, Wah, Wahid, <laughs> Wah for short. Never mind. I'm still scarred from that, but he says, Wah, I did it. I said, What'd you do? He I said, I, I gave my life to the Lord. You know, you would think that I would just be rejoicing. I wasn't. I was like, Dude, <laughs> what do you think? 15 years? Really? What took you so long? I had to repent after that. <laughs> Fifteen years. I have to admit, I gave up. I gave up. I thought, man, this guy, he's never going to get saved. He was my, one of my best friends. He's never going to get saved. Then he gets saved. It's kind of like, wow, Lord, thank you for not giving up on him, because I did. God's not going to give up on you. God's not going to give up on them. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God loves you so much and He will never give up on you. One last thing, this will be the last last thing. I know there are many because we get prayer requests all the time that have wayward daughters and prodigal sons. That's got to be the hardest. That's just got to be so hard. And I understand it. I've actually tasted from that cup. I really want to encourage you to never, ever, 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 ever ever give up. Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. It's getting worse. It's, It's getting really bad. Don't give up. Here's why. God loves them more than you ever could. You have a finite love for them as your child, as their parent. But God has an infinite love for them. And here's the thing. God wants them right with Him more than even you do. Think about that. Never, ever give up on them. God's not going to give up on them. You keep praying for them. Maybe it's 15 years. It better not be 15 years. I don't think we have 15 more years, but God knows. God knows.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., We hope you continue to be encouraged as you learn some good things from the book of Isaiah. Did you realize that there are 39 chapters in Isaiah that address judgment and 27 chapters that point to God's salvation? How fascinating that this book relates to 39 books of the Old Testament, much about judgment of sin, and 27 books of the New Testament, pointing to Jesus as God's salvation for the world. Isaiah is yet another example of how God interweaves the old with the new and how prophecies from old point to fulfillment of that later. Are you seeing the connections that God has written into these pages of Isaiah? If you're wanting to hear this message again or more like it, you can find them at com. While you're there, you can learn more about the church this ministry is supported by, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. If you're not already plugged into a local church, we invite you to be part of our church family. If you're in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love for you to come visit us on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor JD. You can find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from the book of Isaiah. We look forward to the next edition with Pastor JD and the things that God has put on his heart to share from this prophetic book. Thanks again for listening today to In Spirit and Truth.